open to Proverbs chapter 11, and we got some uh, Brother Jeremy in the back there. I thought we had some more fellas. They're, they're coming, they're coming. A few fellows could help with Jeremy, that would be appreciated. And uh, just, why don't you come up and ensure everyone gets one. Thank you, fellas. Everyone should get a handout. As you're turning to Proverbs chapter number 11. All right, well, they're passing those out. Proverbs chapter number 11. I want to teach on soul winning. The last two missionaries really, have, as I stated this morning, just um, Lord really used them and just kind of dovetailed two things together uh, that, were, that were really good. And, uh, and I, I thought, boy, we, you know, I want to help encourage uh, people to be able to know how to lead somebody to the Lord and and you say, well, maybe, maybe you already know that. Wonderful. Uh, I've, I've been to many classes that, of things that I already know, and I always pick up something else. I always you know, learn a little bit more. And so uh, if you know how to do that, wonderful. That is great. Um, and, and I'm sure that there is always something that maybe we could be reminded of or uh, that we can learn, and that would be wonderful. So Proverbs chapter number 11. Thank you, fellows. Has everyone got one? I believe everyone should have one by now. Anyone missing one? Let me ask you that. Raise your hand right here in the middle. We got one. Uh, if we can get one more there. Anybody else missing one? All right. Want everyone to have one? They found it. All right. So good deal. That's all right. Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 30. I'm going to read one verse of scripture and then we'll get into everything here. And I think they got it up there. All right. On the screen as well. And I'm going to let them fellows do all of that. I am not clicking and any of that. They, they've got it under control. So Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 30, the Bible says this, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the privilege that we have of being in your house and God, for opening your word and looking at the things that we need to learn. And Father, I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would use me. God, I pray that you would speak through me. God, I pray that you would help each and every person to uh, get something uh, that would be practical, that they would be able to use, Father, in every single day of their life. And God will certainly thank you for that. And God will give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this verse, uh, let me just give a, a brief explanation of this verse and we'll kind of get into to the uh, idea that we're, we're going to cover tonight. But um, the fruit of the righteous, the Bible says, and the, who are the righteous? The righteous in New Testament, we know, are those that are saved. And so the people who are saved, the fruit that they bear is a tree of life. Now we know, John 14, 6, that Jesus is the life. The Bible says, Jesus saith unto them, I am unto him, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so we as Christians, uh, we don't save people. Sometimes I've heard uh, new converts say, uh, yeah, he saved me, and, and I understand what they mean, and I, I don't correct them in their zeal and excitement. I just 
praise the Lord with them, you know, because sometimes they're so excited. Uh, they, but, but the reality is we as people don't save anyone. We're not able to save anyone. Uh, all we can do is point them to the Savior who can save them. And, and so uh, that is really what we ought to do. And I want you to notice that that is the fruit of the righteous. That is a fruit of the righteous. That's something that we all ought to bear. Uh, every believer who is made righteous through the shed blood of Jesus Christ is to be a tree of life. Uh, and that tree ought to bear fruit uh, that others can receive and, uh, and be saved by that. And so uh, understand that. The second part of the verse, it says, He that winneth souls is wise. And, uh, and there's the idea of seeing souls won to the Lord. In the Old Testament, really, uh, you don't see a lot of evangelistic type uh, things. Uh, it's there. I'm not saying it's not there. It is there. Uh, but but it, it, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit uh, not as clear. In the New Testament, boy, it's very clear. Jesus said we are to be evangelistic. We are to go out. We're to preach the gospel in all the world and that we're to reach people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so it's a very clear concept uh, that, that we are to do. And uh, Acts 1.8, I'll, I'll probably mention this again later, but I want to mention this right here and right now. Uh, there it is in my notes, and I'll, I'll touch on it again later. But um, Acts 1.8 says this, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and all Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And listen, every single person that receives the Lord Jesus Christ receives the Holy Spirit. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, uh, one of the purposes of receiving of the Holy Spirit is to be a witness to other people. And so this is not just for the pastor or the pastoral staff or the missionaries that go out to, to foreign fields. This is for every single person who has trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. We are to be a witness everywhere we go. And, uh, and so I want that to be very clear. Um, the first thing I want us to cover tonight is what soul winning is not. Uh, what soul winning is not. There, there, is, a, there is a myriad of ideas. Uh, there's a myriad of philosophies, really, that are out there. Uh, and, and so I want to cover this just so that we all know uh, that we're on the same page. And I want to say this, that this is nothing new for our church, okay? This is where we've been for 20 years. Uh, it's not new. I'm 100% I'm sure Pastor Jacobs has taught and preached on soul winning. And, and, and so, like I said this morning, it's not something that we have not been doing. Many times we just need reminded of some simple truth that we tend to, it slips our mind. And, and so this is nothing new for us, uh, but it is something that we need to refresh and, and brush up on, and, and that's a good thing. So the first thing that soul winning is not, uh, it, it's not a sales pitch, okay? It's not a sales pitch. Um, uh, you've been there, and I've been there, uh, where, where somebody, boy, they, you, you run into some of these guys, and we've, we've got some marketers in our church. Praise the Lord, I love them. Uh, but and and honestly, they're good at it. Um, they're they're just good at talking people. But you've been there, and I've been there. Uh, the, the sales guy, man, he he runs you through, and before you know it, your wallet is out and your money is given to them, and then you're just and you're walking away, and you're like, what just happened? How did I end up with this? 
And, and honestly, and these guys probably would testify, they, they know there are some, I'm not saying they use them, but, but there are some who use sales tactics that are all psychological and they'll get you to yes, 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 and they'll yes you all the way to the money out of your hand and out the door and then you're like, what just took place? Okay, that's not soul winning. We, we cannot bring that into a spiritual realm and I've seen it done. Uh, I've, I've been to so many soul winning seminars and this and that, and some of them are all about get the guy to say yes, get the guy, hold his hand and pray with him and do this and, and, and walk him through. That's not soul winning. Okay, that's a sales pitch, and, and we're not interested in that. Uh, that honestly, it cheapens the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and, and so I want us to understand uh, that that's not it. it. There's no Holy Ghost conviction, generally speaking, in that. Uh, and it's a spiritual work. Um, the second thing that soul winning is not, so it's not a sales pitch. And you got it on your paper there, and we got it on the screen, so you can uh, kind of keep it down and, and make it easy. Uh, the second thing it's not, it's not a trophy collection. Uh, it's not a trophy collection. What do I mean by that? Um, in World War II, and, and I'm sure prior to that even, many of the airplanes, many of the tanks, many of the military vehicles would often uh, paint a, a victory emblem on their vehicle. Uh, and that would be, uh, if it was an airplane, how many other airplanes they shot down, how many victories they had, uh, and, and things like that. And I've been around some, uh, some people, and, and to them, soul winning is simply a notch on their belt. It's just a trophy in the shelf. It's just, man, I, we led, you know, 550 people, and they're keeping track. And, and I'm not against numbers. I'm not against keeping track. But we have to be careful that it's not about us and it's not about what we're doing. It has to be about lost people genuinely receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's not a sales pitch and it's not a trophy collection. Number three, the third one, C, it's not a church activity. Ah, watch this. Now a lot of you are like, wait a minute. What about a soul winning time? And, and the church may have soul winning times. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing to have soul winning times. But when we relegate soul winning to simply the time that the church goes out, then we've lost the point. Because it's, it should, I mean, soul winning cannot only be done on Saturday at 10 o'clock. Let me rephrase that. Soul winning ought not only be done on Saturday at 10 o'clock. You understand what I'm saying? It ought to be done Monday, 7 o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. You say, Pastor, I can't go out that long. I I'm not asking you to go out that long. You you're alive and you're awake and you're breathing and you're a witness wherever you are. And that's what I'm trying to drive home with this. It's not just a time slotted that we are going to go out and that we are going to do something. We ought to be so... The New Testament Christians, they were witnesses everywhere they went. And we ought to be witnesses everywhere we go. And I'm again, I'm not against having a church activity. We canvassed yesterday. Uh, and I'm not against having soul winning times. I think those are good things. Uh, but, but we need to realize and understand those are just times that we can all get together and go. That's a good thing. That's a great activity to have. Uh, but that is not the only time that we ought to be soul winners. Um, letter D. Soul winning is not inviting someone to church. 
uh, again, that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. And I encourage you to do that. Uh, but, but soul winning is not just inviting someone to church. And oftentimes we default to that. And listen, while that's a good step, it's a step in the right direction, and, and we're opening our mouth and we're learning to talk people, that's, that's all good. I'm not against that. Uh, but I want to distinguish that that's not soul winning. Um, and, and so I want that just to be clear. Um, and then the last one, letter E, uh, soul winning is not just passing out tracks. Um, we did that yesterday. We went canvassing. And I would not call that soul winning. I would call that canvassing. Uh, and again, it's a good thing. It's planting seed. It is getting the gospel out. We try and put things indoors and leave things for people. And, and I, I think that is certainly a wonderful thing. And I know we, plan, we do that regularly here. And we plan on continuing doing that. Uh, because that's important. That's something that we need to do. Uh, that's all part of uh, planting seed and, and, and doing ministry. Uh, but I would define uh, soul winning a little differently. So we've defined what soul winning is not. Okay, uh, We understand that we're not those things. Uh, and there's probably more that certainly could be added to that. But I wanted that to be clear. Then what is soul winning? Number two, what is soul winning? Letter A. It is a fulfillment of God's purpose for your life. It is a fulfillment of God's purpose for your life. I already touched on this, Acts 1.8. Turn over there if you would, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. We heard a message on this in one of our missionaries brought this verse really out and, and, and talked about this. Uh, Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 8, he says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And I already said this, every single person that accepts the Lord Jesus Christ receives the Spirit. We understand that book, the book of Acts is a transitional time. And, uh, and then Jesus, after telling the disciples that, very shortly then, he ascended up into heaven. And it was very shortly after that, then the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And, uh, and it, was a, it was really uh, a more miraculous thing. And there were many signs that make it very clear and very evident uh, today, uh, when you get saved, the day you were born again, the Holy Spirit came into you. Okay, uh, God didn't, he, he's done away with all those signs. We don't need all those wonderful things. Those were really uh, a show to the Jewish people. Uh, and we don't need those today. The day you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you got the Holy Spirit. And, and there didn't have to be a mighty sound of rushing wind. There didn't have to be a, a display of all these things. But he gave you the Spirit for the express purpose. One of the purposes is for you to be a witness to other people. Uh, I said in the beginning, we can't save people. We cannot. We can, we can give them the gospel. There's many a times that, that God will help you 
I could tell you many a times that, man, I, I'm speaking and, and, and God brings a verse to my mind. And I'm like, hey, let's, you know, the, the Bible says this. And I might not quote it all right and, um, and all of that. But I, I say, hey, I know, you know, the Bible says this. It talks about this. And, and sometimes that helps meet a need that maybe somebody's struggling with while I'm witnessing. And, and the Lord will help. And, and God has to take and, and convict that person and show them their need for salvation. And, uh, and so it's a spiritual need. And, uh, and God will, will use us to fulfill uh, his purpose for our life. God expects you to witness. Uh, God wants you to witness. That's one of our purposes. Uh, listen, if, if the only reason that God wanted to save you is so that we could miss hell and go to heaven, when he saved you, he would have just taken you out of here. If that was the only purpose, but the reality is he has a much greater purpose than just taking us to heaven. Now he wants us to go to heaven for sure, but uh, he wants us to be able to be a witness while we are here on this earth. You go verse after verse, there's so many verses in the New Testament that talk about that. Um, so soul winning is a fulfillment of God's purpose for your life. Soul winning is a spiritual work and exercise. Um, you know this, uh, that kind of goes along with the, the first, what soul winning is not. You cannot make someone get saved. Sometimes we wish we could, to be honest with you. Wouldn't it be so nice if you could just make people get saved? Uh, but you can't. Uh, they have to choose uh, to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. That's not something that I can force on somebody. That's not somebody that, or a decision that I can make for somebody else. Romans chapter 10, if you want to turn there. If not, you, I'll just read it. But uh, Paul said this in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 1. Um, he said, brethren... My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. If Paul could have, Paul would have chosen salvation for the Israelites. But the reality of the matter is he could not. Uh, it, it was their choice. It was individual people's decision to be saved or not be saved. And so when we go, when we are a witness, uh, listen, we need to whisper a prayer, God help us. Help me to be a witness. Maybe, maybe God has spoken to your heart and, and you're at work or, or, or you're out during the day and, and, and God's like, I want you to witness that person. Man, you Lord help me. Here I go, I'm gonna do it. And, and, and you go to witness to that person and, uh, and, and, you know, it's, it is boldness on our part, but it is a spiritual work as well. It's something that God is going to work in the heart of that person. And so we need to understand that. Uh, I've given testimony before. My parents prayed for my, my grandfather on my mom's side for 20 years before he accepted the Lord as his own personal Savior. And, and I'm sure you know of people or have known of people that have been prayed for for a long time before they trusted the Lord as their own personal Savior. We cannot make people get saved, but we can pray for people and we ought to pray for people and we ought to pray that God would use us and that God would help us uh, to be able to uh, give the gospel to people. And what soul winning is, letter C, it's this, it's a genuine compassion for lost people. It's like I was preaching this morning and the idea of hell and, and really 
we need, we need that so that we can be concerned for other people. Uh, so many times we just kind of walk by and we, we don't think about the eternal reality uh, that most people are facing. And, uh, and again, just to reiterate what, what soul winning is not, it's not a sales tactic or a slick, uh, you know, walk people through these three things that they, they will just boom, 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 do it. But it ought to be born out of a genuine heart and a concern for the well-being of others. Jude uh, chapter 1 and verse 22 says this, And of some have compassion, making a difference. Some people sometimes are hard to have compassion on, to be honest with you. I'm, my dad was military, and sometimes I can kind of be hard-nosed, and, and, uh, and I can just say, man, he made his bed, let him lie in it, you know, and, and uh, that's his problem. He, he caused that problem for himself, then let him solve it, you know, and, and, but, but God says, hey, we need to be compassionate towards people. We need to remember, but by the grace of God, there go I. And, and that we ought to be uh, helpful to others and have compassion. It goes on in Jude, after verse 22, it says, And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. And, um, and so we ought, to, uh, we ought to have a genuine concern for people. And that's not just you know, at a certain time, that is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, something that we need to pay attention to, something that we need to be concerned about, something that we need to be, it needs to be on our mind uh, as we go through our, our daily business. All right? Let's go on to number three, and how to lead someone to Christ. And uh, this is real basic, um, I'm reminded of the passage in Mark chapter number five, uh, the maniac of Gadara, he got saved and, and he was a, I mean, he was a wild man and God, Jesus saved him. And uh, you remember that the demons that were in him were then cast into the pigs. The pigs all ran off the cliff and, and the town people got mad at Jesus and said, hey, get out of here. For all practical purposes, they didn't want Jesus in that town. And so Jesus went to get in the boat, and the maniac of Gadara went to get in the boat with him and said, I want to go with you. And Jesus said, oh, no, 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 you stay here. And what did he tell him? He said, go home to your people and tell your friends and tell your family what God has done in your life. And so in looking at that and thinking about that, uh, that, that, uh, that story that took place, it tells me this. That listen, if you've been saved, you have all you need to tell somebody else about the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I'm going to give you some simple points that, that we need to touch on. But, but if you didn't, if you, if you mess these all up, you know what? The bottom line is tell somebody how you got saved. You say, preacher, my, my testimony isn't that great. You know what? I can tell people I, uh, that even as a young child, I realized that I was lost and that I needed the Lord to save me. And I called on the Lord and the Lord saved me that day. It's that simple. Uh, you don't have to have a, you know, sometimes we say, well, it's a great testimony. This guy was saved out of this and that. Listen, anybody who's saved has a great testimony because God changed your life. And it doesn't matter whether you're Five. It doesn't matter whether you're 55 or 85 or 95. Uh, the fact of the matter is that God changed your life. And, and, and that is all you need. That 
the Holy Spirit which dwells within you, to be a witness and a testimony to other people. So I'm going to give you these things, uh, but, but I don't want you to think, well, I don't know those three things, or I, I might mess some of those up. Listen, I, can I tell you this? When you're witnessing, you will mess up. You just will. I've been there. I've done it. And, and, and if, if you, if you want to do it perfectly every time, uh, then you probably will never witness to anybody. I'm just telling you. Because, man, when you work with people and you talk with people, they're going to ask you questions. They're going to react different. They're going to behave different. And you're, you're always going to be thrown for a loop. And you're going to be like, well, I'm not sure about that. And, um, I mean, I, I've led people to the Lord that have disappeared and I've never seen again. And I'm thinking, man, I don't know if that guy really got saved. And I don't, I don't want that. But I, the alternative is I don't witness to anybody and nobody gets saved. That's worse than, you know, messing something up when you're going along. And so uh, let me give you these things. How to lead someone to Christ. A, uh, sin. Um, everyone has sinned. Uh, and, and listen, the Bible says there in Romans 3.23, by the way, these, these verses I'm going to give you are pretty much the basic Romans road um, and, uh, and it is great if you memorize them. Um, you say, well, I'm not real good at memorizing. If you have the idea of them in your mind and uh, it, it, you, can, you can get across or if you can even find them, you know, you can write in your Bible Romans 3.23 and then behind it just put a little note, Romans you know, 5.8 and go to the next one. And, and if you carry a gospel track, the worst case scenario, you open up a gospel track and say, well, let me, let me show you what it says and just go through a gospel track. I mean, a gospel track usually has all those verses in there and, uh, and, and they'll help you go through and explain these things. But the first thing that somebody has to understand is, is that everyone has sinned. Um, and the Bible is very clear for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, let me say this. When you're explaining that everyone has sinned, be sure to include yourself. OK, uh, because otherwise you're going to they're going to say, well, that guy thinks he's better than me. Um, no, we've all sinned. You know, I've sinned. Uh, we've all messed up. And, and if you include yourself in that, uh, that will help uh, for people to understand. And by the way, sometimes people think, well, sin, you know, that's killing somebody or that's, you know, some really bad thing. And that's what sin is. Uh, and today you, you really almost have to define what sin is. And, and I like this. Um, listen, you know, what, you know what Adam did to sin? He ate something that he wasn't supposed to. He didn't kill nobody. He didn't, he didn't uh, you know, wasn't crazy and do drugs. It was just real simple. He broke God's law. That's all it was. And, and the bottom line is we all have. Uh, it's impossible to live perfectly. And, and so we need to explain that everyone has sinned. Uh, then we need to explain as well, um, you don't have these subpoints, so I'm a, I got subpoints of mine. We're still on letter A, sin. Uh, but sin, then, you have the verses there, condemns us to death and hell. The Bible says in Romans 5.12, and I, I love this verse for a lot of reasons. It says, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And I love that verse because it just takes us all the way back to the beginning in Adam when Adam fell into sin and all of humanity was condemned because of sin and we all inherited that same sin nature that Adam has. 
And so uh, that's, that's exactly what this verse is. By the way, too, when we read verses like this, um, sometimes you have to stop. Let me rephrase that. Almost all the time you have to stop and explain these verses. We go through all this stuff. We're really familiar with it. We know what it says. But that might be the first time somebody heard that. They, they, they might look at it and say, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin. And they're like, well, what does that mean? And what it basically means, and you may have to explain and, and, and say, hey, that, that because of sin, we inherited death. And, and that's the reason that death comes upon people. People generally understand that. But the next part, so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And so you may have to explain all of those things. Um, then John 3.36 says this. I don't think I did put it in your notes there. Um, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. And, uh, and that, that helps explain that second part, that the wrath of God abides on him. So in other words, if we haven't been saved, and they might not know what saved means, if they haven't, been, uh, if they haven't trusted the Lord as their Savior, and they probably might not even know what that means, but, but that God's wrath abides upon them. Um, and basically, sin should bring about sorrow uh, and repentance. Let me explain repentance really quick because there's a lot of confusion about it, repentance as well uh, in the world. Uh, some people think repentance is cleaning up your entire life before you can get saved. Okay, that's not how I'm using And Some people teach and preach that. Um, that is not what the Bible teaches. Uh, the Bible teaches that repentance is a, is, a, is a change of mind. It's a sorrow. Uh, I like to use the illustration uh, of uh, my, one of my good friends, Humberto Gomez, who, who grew up without a dad and, and landed himself in prison several times. And, and, uh, and, and his mom came to him when he was in prison and said, Humberto, you have got to change. He said, he broke down in tears. He said, I want to. I don't know how. And, and the truth of the matter is a lost man is not going to be able to clean up their life. But they ought to be tired of their sin to the, the point, hey, I need something different in my life. If somebody, is, if somebody doesn't realize they're lost, then they're not going to need to be saved. If you, if you stop a car on the highway or on the road or in town, and you tell him, hey, you're going the wrong way. You need to go this way. He's going to say, you're insane. You don't even know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. Um, but if he stops and asks you and says, hey, I'm, I'm lost. Could you give me directions? Hey, then you can point him in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? And so until somebody realizes they're lost, they're not going to get saved. Uh, they're not going to trust the Lord Jesus Christ, their personal Savior. In their mind, they think they're fine. And many people uh, who are religious, oftentimes they think, I'm okay. Uh, they think that their religion is paying for everything, and, and they need to understand uh, that it's not their religion is not going to save them. We'll cover that a little bit later. Uh, but they need to understand that they're sin, uh, sinners. I, I remember witnessing to a guy in Peru, and, uh, and he was, man, the guy, he was drunk. There's no other two ways about it. 
and I witnessed to him and witnessed to him and witnessed to him many a times. His, his girlfriend came regularly to our Bible study. She got saved. Her life was changed. And, and he never did. And, and I remember at a, a sober point when I was talking with him and, and witnessing to him. And, 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 uh, and, and we got, I went through the plan of salvation. And, and he told me this. He said, I don't want to get saved because I don't want to give up my drinking. He just told me that. He's just outright. I'm not interested. I love the alcohol. And, and listen, I'm not saying that a guy has to give up alcohol to be saved, but if his desire isn't such that I need to be saved and that I realize that this is destroying my life, he's probably not going to be saved. Um, and, and so I'm just saying uh, there's the idea there that, that again, that's, that's the Holy Spirit, that's the work of the Holy Spirit to convict the person and show them, hey, this is, this is going to condemn you for all of eternity and, and you need salvation. And I, I've witnessed other people, I remember I've told this story before in, in Peru, we went into the jail cell and, uh, and witnessed this one guy and man, I, I've never seen a guy so broken. We went in there and the guy was bawling and crying and, and we went through the plan of salvation and, and he called on the Lord immediately and, and he later testified that, that he was going to commit suicide. He said, I, I, I just, he said, I couldn't live with myself with what I had done. And, and he knew sin was destroying and wrecking his life. He knew he needed saved. And, and so, man, I, we, we said, you're a sinner. Yep, I am. <laughs> here's, how, here's how you can be saved. Man, I want to be saved, you know. I, and some people are like that. And so every person you talk with, it's going to be a different set of circumstances, different set of people that you're going to talk to. Uh, but they do need to understand that they are sinners. If, if they're not if they're not sinners, then they don't have a need for salvation, okay? Um, the second thing, letter B, is they need to understand that there is a Savior. Uh, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. I often explain that wages of sin, uh, if, if somebody went to, uh, and you know what? Use the same illustration. Just use something simple that people understand. If you go to work all week long and you work a job and at the end of that week uh, comes payday and the guy says, I'm not going to pay you, you would be upset. Um, and rightfully so. But, but the Bible says the wages for our sin, in other words, what we earn because of our sin is death. And that's the sentence for our sin. And that's, the Bible says in another part about death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And so that is an eternal condemnation in a place called hell. And they need to understand that. Uh, and so, you know, that verse shows that for the wage of sin is death. But I love the second part. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And listen, many people... And this is changing, but many people know who Jesus is. You might run into somebody who doesn't know who Jesus is. You may have to go back and totally start from the beginning of who Jesus is. Many people know who Jesus is. Many people know that uh, we're coming up on Easter. Many people know that Jesus died on the cross. Um, but, but that's really the extent of it. And, and if you ask them why did he die, and they're not sure many times, even sometimes some uh, people that are of other religions will say he died for our sins. Um, and, and it's amazing how they can get so close to the gospel and then veer away and be totally lost in works-based salvation. 
Um, and so you have to explain to them that Jesus Christ died for our sins. I think I have in your notes, I do under letter B there, the Savior. Um, Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, Jesus loves us so much that he said, I'm going to take their place and pay for their sin. Sometimes you can use their name or my name. I, I'll tell people, you know, Jesus looked at Shane Rice and said, I love Shane Rice so much that I'm going to die for his sins. And he took my place and paid my price. Or you can use that to the name with whoever you're, you're speaking to and explain to them that, that God took your penalty upon himself. And he did that because he wants to save you. And that explains it kind of explains the substitution and how the Savior came and, and why he came. And, uh, and so um, we explain that in John 3, 16, another verse that, that's pretty common that we know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. A verse that many people know. Uh, that's kind of the gospel in a nutshell. If, I mean, if that's the only verse you can get out and you can go through, uh, boy, there's enough info there uh, that, that would, would show somebody their need for a Savior. And so uh, they need to understand that He paid our price uh, and that He loves us. He doesn't love our sin, uh, but He loves the sinner. And he cares about people. And so we need, they need to understand that they're a sinner. They need, they need to understand that there is a Savior. Uh, and then in letter C, um, it's simple faith to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I have down there in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Uh, because many times, many people are confused. Many, if you witnessed anybody with any kind of religious background that is not saved, many times uh, they they have a works-based salvation. And, and they think, well, it's all about works. It's about going to church. It's about being baptized. It's about doing this or doing this. And, and they're totally confused in a works-based salvation. And so Ephesians 2, 8, 9 are great verses. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And, uh, and so we can't earn our way to heaven. And they need to understand that, that hey, the, you know, it, it, I said it this morning, I'll say it again. Uh, if you're a member of Anchor Baptist Church, being a member of Anchor Baptist Church does not save you. Being baptized at Anchor Baptist Church does not save you. That's not salvation. Salvation is through Jesus Christ. And many people are taught that a church uh, saves them through baptism, that that. Uh, saying prayers or doing good works will save them, and that is not at all what saves them. Uh, it is a simple faith. And the verses, Romans 10, 9, and 10, uh, turn with me over there if you're not already there. I did not include them because there just wasn't enough room. Romans 10, 9, and 10. I often will, will show with these verses that it's not a religious work. Um, it's very clear here in, the, in these verses. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Let me stop there because a lot of times I do. Uh, and I'll say, listen, a lot of people confess Jesus. Man, their, their life is a mess. And, and they'll say, oh yeah, I know Jesus died on the cross. But, but they're missing an element. 
And the second part of that, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. A lot of people have a head knowledge of Jesus, but in their heart they've never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. And it says there that, uh, they, that the heart, uh, with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And I jump down to verse 13. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, uh, and basically, a lot of times I'll put their name in there and say, uh, for, for if I'm talking to John, for if John shall call upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. And that calling is just saying, Hey God, uh, I, I desire to be saved. I desire that free gift. I want what you have uh, to offer me. And, uh, and that's salvation. So simply, very simple three things. Uh, they need to understand that they're lost. They're a sinner. Uh, they need to understand that there is a Savior that paid for their sins. And then they simply need to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We know a lot of words Having been in church, we talk about justification, redemption, uh, atonement, propitiation, all of those things. The world, you don't have to understand those things to be saved. Okay, uh, those are, That's what happens to us at salvation, and those are wonderful truths from the Word of God that believers ought to learn. But really, three basic things. They need to understand that they're a sinner and they're lost. They need to understand that there's a Savior, and that's Jesus Christ, nobody else, and that Jesus Christ can save them. And, and that if they'll simply put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation, then he'll save them. And, uh, and of course, we know it's Jesus Christ, him alone. We, we teach and preach that, but many people don't. And, uh, and so it's that simple. If you can get those three truths uh, to people, a uh, real basic way of leading people through the plan of salvation. Um, you don't even have to use all those verses. I, I probably put down more than you actually need. Uh, but those are ideas and some things. And um, it's not even a good example of the Romans Road because it's not real clear. But, uh, but uh, the Romans Road is just Romans 3.23, 6.23. I like to go back to 5.12 uh, and then 10.9 and 10 and verse number 13. And so uh, I think all those might be on there. You don't need all those other verses that I have on there. Um, they're extra. They're, they're if you have time and whatnot. But um, the God's simple plan of salvation uh, is back there. You know, if you're, if you're still, grab a gospel track, read through it. You know, a lot of the gospel tracks just present salvation pretty clearly. And, uh, and those are simple ways. And if you're unsure, there is absolutely nothing wrong with taking a gospel track and reading through it. Uh, to give the gospel to somebody. Um, that's, that's absolutely uh, wonderful and a great way to be able to do that. All right? So I hope and pray that helps you. Um, we'll, um, well, that's all I have. And, uh, and again, I hope and pray that that's a help to you. And, and listen, I want to encourage you, be a witness this week. Be a witness on Monday. Uh, we're, we're planning in a, in a couple weeks after Easter, starting a Sunday school campaign. Um, the done left me spring sewing uh, Sunday school campaign, 
And, uh, and what is that? Sowing the seed of the word of God. And we're going to emphasize giving out tracts. But while we emphasize that as well, boy, it'd be great if you have opportunity. And we don't always have opportunity. But if we have opportunity, open your mouth and, and talk to somebody and try and give them the plan of salvation. And uh, that's an important thing that we need to uh, work on and we need to focus on. All right. And so I hope and pray that that's a help and blessing to you. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and stand. We'll have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. God, thank you for the great salvation that, that we have. God, we're grateful that we are on our way to heaven. What a blessing to know that. But God, we need to be a witness to other people. And there's people that we pass by every single day that do not know you as their personal Savior. And God, we need to be soul conscious we need to be aware of other people and aware of their eternal state. And so, God, I pray that you'd give us hearts of compassion, eyes to see people as you see them, lost eternal beings that need you, and help us to be bold witnesses. God, I pray that you would use our group of people. God, what... what what a great, what, what could happen if, if each and every person got a hold of being a witness for you every day of the week with just the people that we have in this room. God, I pray that you'd use us to reach Maslin, Perry, Navarre, Canton, North Canton, all of the areas, all the communities around here with your gospel. I pray that you would help us to be bold witnesses, not rude, not unkind, but bold witnesses for you. Father, we'll certainly thank you for that. God will give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I do want to give a short invitation. Maybe God's spoken to your heart. Maybe God's laid somebody on your heart that you want to witness to this week. I'd encourage you to pray for that person. I'd encourage you to pray for an opportunity to be a witness to that person this week. Pray that that person would trust the Lord as their Savior. It's certain this, that if we don't talk to anybody, then nobody will get saved. That's certain. But if we talk to somebody, at the very least, we will have given the gospel. And again, we don't save people. We can't save them. But we need to point people to Jesus Christ for salvation. We need to present the plan of salvation to lost people.